and the whole conversation is about our relationship with family and how that's contributing to our own healing journey mm-hmm. how we have fallen apart mm-hmm. through our teenage adult life to where we are now contributed to how we were raised in all of that environment you thought you were just operating from that because that's who you were but when you peel back the pieces you realize that there is a whole other or there are multiple other layers that you were not thinking of hi my name is chanel hi everyone my name is ashley welcome to soothing her the podcast transformative journey through the art of healing yes we're going to be tackling the many facets of healing the power of resilience sharing personal stories and welcoming expert insights truly this is soothing her the podcast this is soothing her Hello, good day, our soothing her audience. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today's exciting topic, wow, it is going to be one for family to listen to. Ashley, what do you have to see on this one here? Oh, well, first let me say hello. Hi, everyone. It's your girl, <laughs> Ashley. What's up? Um, this, today's episode, yes, as Chanel mentioned, we are talking about family and of course, when it comes to this topic, you know, gotta love family. You have to love them. So yeah, but to check in, like, how has your week been? It was a crazy, strange week. I mean, just the balance of getting back from the Thanksgiving holidays, not feeling like you want to do any work, but knowing that you have work to do, mm-hmm. getting back into the swing of things. It was a good balance of productivity and a slow settling to the holiday calmness i think how's your husband i know because you went home i did i went home back back to states yeah how was that for you it was good home was good i'm originally from vancouver washington so practically portland um it was good i was nice seeing cousins i hadn't seen in a while and it was nice like just spending really good quality time hanging out with my mom for a change which was nice and also celebrating my besties 30th that was so fun me and my whole friend group, we are all turning 30 next year. And in this year, I mean, she's the first one of us to turn 30. So we're like, all right, this is this is the stage. And it was great. Like, we rented out a cabin in Ronald, Washington. So it was freezing cold, like 25 degree weather. But it was nice to be, like, cozy in a cabin with the fireplace running and the heaters running. And outside patio had a nice, like, fire pit. So we were just playing games, doing karaoke. We cooked a lot. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was her whole um, theme for her 30th was a uh, cabin fever or cabin getaway. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. her birthday falls on Thanksgiving. So we just wanted, you know, to keep it close to the theme. Yeah. And since it's winter time. Yeah. Keep it warm as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was our little recap of the holidays and the week so far. This week's been great, but fairly slow going back into the swing of things and just letting my, I'm just letting my body recover because family time, you're staying up late, you're laughing, you're eating, you're cooking, you're drinking, yeah. you know, and then my friends through the all that again. So all my energy is like, all right, I'm trying to regroup and recharge. So you need yeah, that. yes, that reset, especially when you just you might have vacation time, but you were sharing that you were just going, going, mm-hmm. so you didn't really get to rest. Oh no, on the Thanksgiving break. Oh, yeah, <laughs> see, <laughs> it was staying up late. You are <laughs> chatting, you are you know drinking, you are just having fun, enjoying each other's yeah. like, company, and then you get back and you're just like, okay, our body needs to recover from all that. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're doing this yeah. week. So that's gonna, probably how we're going to be incorporating some sort of soothing her. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. But just like we mentioned, we're talking about family. You know, we are going to be talking about both of our family backgrounds and dynamics and how that has shaped us to be who we are and 
identify certain areas about how we grew up and how that has impacted our healing journey. We are also going to talk about identifying um, childhood traumas and how that has shaped and formed limiting beliefs and how that has carried us into our adulthood now. And also the importance of setting boundaries and finding your sense of self-identity outside of your family, learning how to practice forgiveness for your parents and any other family dynamics or external family members that have, you know, played a part in some of that trauma and learning how to forgive and let go. And then of course, concluding, as Chanel mentioned earlier, how we are soothing her this week, how are we applying our topics of discussion into this week and how we're going to practice some of these topics that we are talking about. So Definitely, definitely. It's all about family because so much of who we are right now stems from that environment, how we were raised, mm -hmm. the culture of what we were raising, mm -hmm. those norms from that society and coming to adulthood and finding our own identity. Right. So how you mentioned how we were raised and how that has shaped what we currently believe and it has made us to be, you know, who we are today. And I believe when it comes to a healing journey, it is really the root of everything, of everything that we believe in, how we perceive ourselves. It's where everything like stemmed from and it's just as a kid, like what we saw growing up and how we were told to relate to other people. This is the first years of our lives that we are taught how to love and what love looks like. We are taught what it means to be loving on others what it means tell what it means to share how do you how do you show empathy how do you um, just develop our um, sense of like community you know what that looks like so for you like what was your family background like I grew up in the Caribbean with um, my three siblings so four girls in a household with my mom and dad so a very traditional I would say old school household, you know, two parents here. And my mom and dad were definitely very strict. My mom was super strict. She ruled by the sleepers, the leather belt, the <laughs> whatever a Caribbean parent can get their hand on. But it was in essence for her how she could raise her children that's how she knew what the expression of love and care and responsibility to ensure that this child is going to be raised to be an adult in the best way possible and she was clearly going with what she felt was um, the right decisions for her so we in essence you know of course you're going to say that you are being treated wrongly because as a kid you're thinking that what I'm doing is right and you want to have your way and your parents are trying to put discipline into the household and into that structure and you're going to question it. So of course there were that but looking back I know that she did it with the utmost of love. My dad was a more quiet reserved person but Lord when he released his wrath like you felt it you knew that he was coming for you. So they were both very they were very strong on the discipline of how they were raising us and how they catered to our well-being, how they wanted to ensure that we showed up in the community. That was a huge thing for them, the reputation we were stepping out of the house and other people were seen and how they would even talk about us. To know that you're not going to step out of this house and have other people talk bad about my children. So for us, it was definitely structure good discipline, lots of love in the best way that they could, in the way that they were even shown that to one, filling their own gaps. And with you, quite different, I would say. But there's a mix of, you know, African in, in the Caribbean, so maybe that might align so similarly. But you, growing <laughs> up here from parents who are, like, born and raised Nigerians, how was that for you? Oh, Lord. So... Uh, my 
So there's five of us, me and my siblings. We were all born and raised here, so we are first generation. Nigerian-American, and our parents immigrated from Nigeria. So my dad, when he immigrated here to the U.S., it was for school. For both parents, it was for school. And my dad moved to Portland, Oregon, where he went to school and got his pursued his master's degree as well as his Ph.D. And my mom, she also immigrated here to the U.S. to get her associate's degree but she was located in boston so that growing up you know my dad of course there's nigerians everywhere in the east coast and they're at the time that when they came here they were predominantly in the east coast of course because it's just an easier flight back to nigeria and that's how my parents met they met in boston and all that and growing up with both of them it was pretty tough because them trying to instill a lot of the Nigerian principles in terms of one education number one it was always you have to be the best you gotta excel in your school and of course my other fellow people out there that can feel this with me when your parents talk about their own school expectations they talk about how they were also the top of their class and they were also excelling well and they were a teacher's pet and they were this and they were that and they're always like yeah I was number one and all these people wanted to be my friend and I'm just you know you just look at them and you're just like is this really the case like were you really number one <laughs> were you really teacher's pet like did you really have straight A's were you really a 4.0 student like all this other stuff but you know, it was just, at least in my household, education was number one. Um, to me, what I learned growing up was that education was how you, was your value, was your sense of self-worth, was based on what school you went to, what degree you were pursuing, whether you were going into medical school. That was, of course, what my parents wanted me to do, particularly my dad. And it was also... That education, number one, my parents were also very disciplinary as well, very strict, but it was more so on my dad, though. Like, my mom kind of seemed like she was just like, yeah, listen to your dad, just listen to your dad. Um, but my the most areas where we were disciplined was mainly education and also particularly, like, religion was a big part in our family as well. So, of course, you mentioned in the previous episode, like, I grew up Catholic and it was always every Sunday we were in church. Every Sunday we had to dress well, be at church, give off this impression that we're a perfect cookie cutter family. We got everything all together. Um, and so the discipline came with religion, making sure that we were always in church. And also it's just some of the other beliefs. But it was really hard because growing up here, and going to school with your fellow like classmates and everything, you saw just the different dynamics and how their parents like related to them as kids growing up. And I just felt like those parents allowed their kids to be kids. Uh, so you felt like you guys missed out on some of that? A little bit of that childhood innocence, yeah, in a way, because we were taught you got to be... You got to excel. You got to do better. You got to be better. People only like you if you're smart. People only like you and want to be your friend if you are, you have a 4.0, if you are cozying up to your teachers, if you um, dress well, they'll like you and all that stuff. So that's where a lot of that like stemmed from. And of course, the whole, you know, you got to go to medical school, you got to do that. And so it was a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. It was my dad met a lot of colleagues when he was going to school in Portland. So he had a lot of other Nigerian friends that all also got married in the same area. So the Portland, Oregon community actually developed like a huge community of Nigerians. And so we growing up, I grew up with other Nigerian kids as well. And so, I mean, it was great. Like it was nice having that community. But at the same time, we were being compared to everyone else. There was a lot of intercompetition. A lot of subliminal competition and there were other colleagues of my dad too obviously they were older than him so they already had kids and they were you know I remember growing up just going to their high school graduations and going hearing about oh this person got into Harvard this person got into Stanford this person's going to an Ivy League school this person's um, pursuing medicine and all that stuff and my just the same thing dad 
you're going to be like them. You're going to be like them. Just wait. It's your turn to see where they went to school and all that other stuff. And so I feel like I didn't really get to be I me mean, myself in a way. And granted, love my parents to death. They did everything to provide for us. My dad was, I would say, the main breadwinner in our family. Like he worked in community planning. He was the director for community planning for the county. And then my mom, she mainly took care of the household. Like anything going on in the household, like she knew what was going on. So she pretty much ran the house and my dad, of course, was just out there working and doing her, providing, doing her thing. And then my mom, yeah, like just kind of being there, making sure that we were fed. We had groceries, cooking, cleaning, taught us how to be. My mom just taught us how to be clean, how to cook, how to fight for your rights and all that stuff. Like she was a, like she's feisty. Like my dad is more. I mean, he appears calm, cool, and collected. But like your dad, if he wants to show that he's like the man of the house and like he will put his foot down and be like, "Uh uh-uh, like we're going to church, we're doing this, we're doing that. So growing up, you know, with those beliefs, it was really tough because, like I said, I just saw other parents and how they related to them. They let their kids be kids. They let their kids socialize with other kids. My parents, yeah, right. If they weren't Nigerian, you can't hang out with them. Ouch. Mm-hmm. That was very strict. That was very strict. Yeah, I guess it's because I, in essence, they wanted to limit the exposure because also in comparison, you want the, you want there to be a constant reminder of what you're being compared to. So yes. by not sending that entire exposure to all the kids out there, it's like, this is a Nigerian community. This, mm-hmm. this is what mattered to them. And yes. this was their identity. So they wanted to ensure that you guys the stage was being set for you and your siblings to see the mentors see what was expected of you i mean i guess but at the same time like you know we it just felt like they wanted to you know separate us i understand they wanted us to be closer to the nigerian community and it's like yes i already know these people they're my colleagues like we want you to if you want to hang out with people hang out with them like i completely understand that but we lived far from everyone all of my dad's colleagues and all of our other Nigerian friends that we grew up with lived in Oregon. Oh. We were in Vancouver. To get to them, we went to completely, we were in completely different states, let alone school districts right. and all that. So I grew up in a predominantly white high school, white area, and there were no one that looked like me except for, I'm used to being the only like, night, like black kid in my class so all the time. No, so. And then when you could. You were being asked to be separated from mm-hmm. them because they weren't Nigerian. Yeah. So definitely, as you said. Mm-hmm. Kinda, so it was hard. It can make it hard for you to be a kid. Yeah, it so was you hard. You don't have that community. You don't develop that friendship, those bonds and mm-hmm. individuals that you will you know, share some values with and mm-hmm. similarities. Yeah, so that, that part of it was, was hard. It was hard to be a kid. It was hard to try to be involved especially in school you know our parents if anything like i mentioned education was big so they wanted us to try to join sports we could get scholarships and all that so i tried doing that as a kid like doing basketball um i did basketball for a little bit and i was like no i'm i like i like arts you know so i wanted to first remember at the time i really wanted to be a cheerleader i wanted to dance i wanted to do all that my dad's like i'd rather you see you you know, be on the court then cheering on the sideline. And I'm just like, okay, but I like to dance. So I'm, <laughs> I want to be a cheerleader <laughs> and be cute like that. You know, I wanted to join the dance team. And, you know, so, I mean, but anything was just, yes, those are the differences that were, it was really hard to grow up with and just hard to see how other parents just appeared more supportive of their kids. It was always showing up to their concerts and, their school events and I mean our parents showed up to that stuff too but it was not as much maybe as I saw other parents and it just seemed like yeah like I mentioned like they got to be a kid they got to kind of be who they are and their parents kind of accepted them for being who they are versus me my siblings like constantly like that comparison that um you know you're different you're not black you're Nigerian you're not this and so it was it was really weird to me how they wanted to just separate us so much because growing up, you know, you learn about African-American culture and history. And it's like, it was just really weird for me to be like, okay, 
society here says that I'm black, but at home, my parents are trying to make it like we're separate, we're too different, like we're better than, and that didn't sit right with me. And it's good that you could understand from a very early age. Yeah. Did you at some point ever ask them for their thought process, their mentality? They did, and you know, and it's really sad because it's exact same thought process other races have about black people, what they see in the media. What they see in music, what they see in the news, it's just like it's so not correct. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that definitely shaped in many respects the person that you've become. Yeah, what areas would you say that you took from that Mm -hmm. and you could see positively impacted? You will start there. I think positively, my parents being. How they always talked about how hard it was, and I I don't doubt them for that. Coming here during that time period, I mean, race-wise, it just wasn't obviously good, you know. So what I learned from that was the def- true definition of hard work, determination, perseverance. That those beliefs have instilled in me, and it's definitely made me who I am today. Like very hardworking. If I say something, if I if I believe in something, if I want something i'm going to go out there i'm going to get it i'm going to work hard for it um they taught me obviously um the importance of giving like my like my mom taught me that like importance of sharing the importance of giving and being there for others not really expecting like anything in return um and then continuing on my dad besides education the importance of being um a christian being religious the importance of having a relationship with God, the importance of going to church and developing that. So that was that still is within me today. Um, and those are the positive things that I say that I would be taking from like my childhood. Yeah, I would say so much of that is similar to me with my parents. They were both hardworking parents, and we did not grow up um, high class. Um, I would say on the board of middle income. So seeing their hard work too want to provide a better life for us was just something admirable and I don't think that all my siblings see it that way which is funny and that definitely breaks my heart because mm-hmm. how I interpret it is again especially my mom they doing what they could with the resources and the means that they have that they had available to them mm-hmm. and with even diving back into their own family history how they themselves were raised, what they had access to, what opportunities they had for themselves. Mm-hmm. They gave the best that they could. She knew the value of what an education meant for a young woman and the independence it would give to her. Mm-hmm. And just ensuring that we had that same exposure. I mean, the lens this woman would go to ensure that we got to school, we had the best, we had mentors. Mm-hmm. And asking for people in the community who were teachers can you step in and help my kid? Can you step in and do extra lessons with with Gemma, with Karen, with Kira, and with Sarah? Mm-hmm. And to ensure that she knew that she wasn't able to do but she was going to get somebody to do it for her. So did she know what it would lead to? I don't even think so, but it was just ensuring that I know education is a path to freedom mm-hmm. for security of this these women that I'm going to leave in this world and how I was going to leave them. Mm-hmm. So she made sure that there was an effort in that space. Yeah. So would you say that, well, how would you say that your cultural background and taking those beliefs and taking that um, power of like sacrifice and hardworking and determination and perseverance and all of that has impacted your healing journey now? A reminder that I can get through anything. Like I've gone through some hard times some hard moments Mm -hmm. that it's so possible to be resilient through all of it Mm -hmm. um culturally of course you know being on the spiritual side you're taught that there is a high power that you serve there is a god that cares for his children you know shepherd of of our lives so when hard times come i know that i'll get through them but coming from that background it was how i was raised it definitely presented a constant reminder in how I would react to certain situations, um, how I was even being considered, like my reputation through that, Mm -hmm. how I wanted to behave so that 
the best things were being said about me that you know not being the bad character in a story because i had to protect my reputation i had to protect the family's reputation i had to protect the image but then it's you know am i just as you shared was i being my truest self because sometimes if i want to lash out then do i want to do i want to lash out because of what is going to be said like oh i thought you were such a quiet person very reserved and now this is the behavior that i'm seeing but you know sometimes when you hold so much in so much is going to come out but that definitely played a huge role in in how i um react to to life nowadays being more resilient knowing that hard work is going to be a result of good things in your life mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> thank you for me it has because of the way that i was brought up and because of those you know just the struggles that me and my siblings like went through and of course uh, i meant to show this earlier but even being the oldest sibling too and having all of those that pressure that expectation to just excel 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 i think what our parents are now realizing is that putting so much pressure on a kid that early some people take it well and they exceed well and they become they're great everything's fine they know how to balance all that but some people like myself take that and see like okay why isn't why isn't who i am to you enough mm-hmm. and so i think the way that pressure and that expectation to always constantly have to excel and always having to constantly prove myself especially like to my parents more particularly like to my dad because education was just so important to him it has definitely impacted my healing journey and has revealed certain layers of myself that i need to work on having to constantly and you know go on so going into some of those like limiting beliefs it is more so that well i would say the that limiting belief of you know wondering like am i good enough why is it why 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 is it like who like me who i am today like why are you why are you not happy of that why are you not accepting that always constantly having to prove myself like having to worry about what other people think about what other people think about me because my my and you know growing up my dad was like oh education and your degree and that that's how people see your worth if you are excelling then people will like you if you're excelling then people want to be your friend and it's just like that's not how it works yeah. and that's not how it should work like yes people want to be your friend because you're doing well in school but are they it didn't teach me how to seek current like great healthy like friendships based on like core character values not based on oh because i'm getting an a in this class we should be friends and besties yeah so funny i do wish that my parents were tougher on us when it came to education like they they were tough i will not take that away from them but tougher in the sense of asking and demanding more from us and is it something that is really important to me now or like I was talking to my therapist about this and trying to discover what is going on in that space of my energy is it something that I feel I'm lacking because I want to be more competitive to my friends I want to look more qualified to my friends so it's so funny that you're saying that like your parents had this huge demand of you you being the oldest mm-hmm. you leading the way you being the mentor and that pressure that you felt yeah. and needing to deliver and compensate in many ways like you had the scale was not balanced you had to give entirely to the family structure nothing to you yeah. to find your own identity to find your own self whereas like on my side i was like i wish my parents were more pushy of this and that is also because of the person that some of what their spices were in in raising us it was good but then that balance definitely i felt the person i i know have become i wish it was stronger for a better educational exposure i feel like my opportunities would have been vastly different uh, i think another good way of describing that too and i i don't know where i read this but it's like now as adults we are uncovering these limiting beliefs that have stemmed from our childhood that we have just carried for so long and 
back then and maybe why it's so hard for you to your therapist to describe that is because we are trying to process it through the lens of who we are now as an adult versus how we were processing it through the lens of who we are when we were eight years old. Six, seven, you're eight year old. Something that I came to discover recently too is, and I don't know how it works yet, <laughs> but going back to that place of that time in your life when you were five years old, when you were eight years old, from when you initially was experiencing those things mm -hmm. and it started to make sense to you that it wasn't okay mm -hmm. like i'm feeling this kind of way but you didn't have an outlet for it no like an immigrant household what outlet do you have like they don't even see you as it's either their way or the highway yeah there's no outlet for you to if you try to stand up for yourself you're talking back mm -hmm. if you're trying to have a simple conversation don't talk back to me like all that kind of stuff it's just like i'm just trying to express myself share who i am give you a chance to get to know me and this is something that i pray when i become a mom that i can be my yeah i can be my children's parent disciplinarian but also their friend i want to know that they can come and talk to me about anything and i only was able to do that. I wasn't scared of my parents, I would say. For a little while I was. I was, oh my goodness. I wanted to be such friends with my mom. And because I, when she whooped you, she whooped you. And I didn't want to have that. So I remember there was, there were times when I was just, I stuck to her side like glue. But when I moved away from home, when I, when I moved away from home for college and I would go home every weekend, I noticed from those older years our value had more our relationship had more value more meaning we got to build a stronger bond and during that time it felt like there was a remedy period towards some of the earlier years of our own trauma our own difficult processing emotions but then having passed that phase of my life and then coming into a different season where I was going through no relationship issues and it was okay it's a different thing that I am newly experienced and I don't know how to process it mm -hmm. so then I went back to the comfort zone of that teenager building that relationship with my mom and I was confiding in her consistently she became a close friend for me to for me to rely on but those things definitely impact in ways that when you're older you have to peel back those layers so much of it is from our fundamental years and not knowing how to process that those and have an outlet for it right exactly and like going into identifying like some certain like childhood traumas that's exactly where it stems from like that age range between like five and eight some people even say eight is really because that's like when you start to make sense of like what's going on mm -hmm. right around you in your system and so I think for me like some of those childhood traumas was that comparison that my dad would always do not just to me but me and my siblings when it comes to education and where other people are going to school and all that and then for my mom you know she constantly wanted us to dress well and to do all that and some of my childhood traumas from her are basically mainly about my appearance and um, body image and all of that because she was so focused on exercising and being healthy and all of that. And a lot of her criticism to not just me, but to like me and my siblings, like was about our appearance. And, you know, when you as you're as a girl, you're getting older, you're starting to get into makeup and you're starting to figure out. How do I like to look? How do I like to dress? Which is totally normal when you're going in middle school and high school. You're going through a crazy period. Mm-hmm. Those are like some of my like childhood traumas that I've identified from my childhood that, yes, there's definitely, we can also do another like episode on this too, but like identifying like the father wound, identifying like the mother wound and all of that. And so for me, I've identified, I've, analyzed and processed okay this is where these limiting beliefs are coming from that i'm not good enough the people pleasing the um not the self-confidence the self-worth like the body image and all of that why though those where those limiting beliefs are stemming from is from like what you were 
what I was told growing up. Yeah, starting from that age. Yeah. You're so young and you you are trying to be loved. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking of how to avoid that from you're you're thinking actually of how you want these things to be avoided mm -hmm. so you're going to want to cater more to fit into the mold of you mm -hmm. lose yourself in the process yep and then you become to not really like mm -hmm. what you have become because of so much of that yeah granted the discipline made you a better person mm -hmm. you know you have structure you know exactly. yeah you've in their terms, you are their had discipline contributed to your success right now. Yeah, you've gone through law school degrees, yeah, a successful lawyer, so they will definitely see it as a a reward. Of yeah, hard work, but it doesn't take away from that little girl inside of you mm. wants to leave and wants to explore things in a different way, the what ifs of her life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I remember. My younger sister and I, and being from a Caribbean household, you talk about other people, but you don't talk about your family to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so this is well, hard. but my younger sister and I are going through a season of silence. Okay, a very painful, painful one. So, Karen, if you listen to this, send me a message. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I remember she was telling me once, and like we were having this conversation, and she was sharing with me how she saw us growing up, and I was sharing with her how I saw us growing up, and we have two opposing views mm -hmm. of the family household, and she's the youngest, I'm the third, so it, we have a few years apart. I believe about four or five years apart, and. I was just in such denial of what she was saying and I was just so disappointed that you know again the effort that my parents put into raising us was just, uh, not valued yeah it was almost like uh, whatever mm. you you did what you did to keep us alive but you did you didn't do enough and it was they did again what they could and I don't know again if where along the line that my mindset changed, where my perception changed. And just a few, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was, I came across this TV series and then I, there was a book that it was, um, it pretty much followed that book with the series. It's called It Did Not Start With You mm. by um, Mark Woolen. And I went home in November of 2022 and I brought it home because I was intending to give it to my siblings to read one after the other. Granted, none of them even paid attention to me. None of them read it. I came mm -hmm. back with it here. But I had to go through that process to know, to be reminded. You know, my parents had their own traumas too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They had their own traumas as well. And they didn't even know how to process it so in a sense they were children raising children raising a family mm -hmm. with trying to heal their own wounds mm -hmm. and i wanted I wanted my siblings to really see from reading that book that they really tried again their best and that this already had me crying i remember there was one exercise in the book that had you reach out to that family member that you felt you had carried some of their own pain with you and just tell them so sorry i release you you're not responsible for this i forgive you and i was just crying so hard for my mom because my mom is now residing in heaven i should have said that earlier she's no longer with us her soul continue to rest in peaceful peace thank you honey. yeah thank you so much so with me wanting to be a better person, it's almost like I know it's, she's not in Dominica where she cannot seem like she's 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 all over. No, she can just have a microscope from heaven that I can't even see. And she's like, I got to behave myself. So, But it was just like I wanted, I knew she was in so much pain throughout her life trying to raise us because she had her own traumas, you know, and she had her own life circumstances that 
she didn't get a chance to be a kid about she did not get a chance to process as an adult and here she's raising four girls that she's trying to make successful healthy adults and maybe even question along the way is she doing this right is she doing this properly so i really wanted my sisters sisters but um, none of them did and I, pr I pray that perhaps one day they will because it definitely really opened my eyes to be more forgiving of my parents. Yeah. And speaking of forgiveness, <laughs> how can we forgive our parents, our siblings or external family members? For those of you that are getting into this conversation with us and have experienced similar traumas that have experienced growing up with immigrant parents or just parents that you know have caused you to believe certain things if you do have a father wound or you do have a mother wound that you know that you need to heal from like how can we practice forgiveness <laughs> they say forgive and forget you don't really you don't ever forget so that forgiveness is a constant reminder that you're trying to practice that. Mm -hmm. But one thing I would say is be understanding that we are all humans going through an experience of life. Mm -hmm. We all have situations that we think the other person is perfect. Like our parents are machines, our siblings are machines, and that they have this perfect manual figured out and we are the only abnormal person in this whole sphere of their life but give them the grace to know that they are going through their own shit if i can say that not explicit language <laughs> <laughs> but give them that space to understand what they're going through and i think this is kind of what i'm giving my sister the space for right now i know that in multiple episodes i have mentioned how i can be bossy and trust me i think it's true I'll not even say anything about that, but it's just, um, I don't know if that's the reason. I truly don't even know the reason why we're going through, why we're not speaking right now. It's just so, it's terrifying because growing up, you, you hear what siblings, situations, siblings, rivalry, siblings, trouble, and we were so tight-knit as a family that I was like, this can never happen to us. We were too close and too cool. And then my mom passed and then the family just went, everybody to their own wind. And it's like, all right, cool. So I don't know what she was going through in her space when that occurred. And she clearly did not know what was going through my space at that time. But I wish that we had the open environment to talk about it. So let communication be a driving force in that, in that space of forgiveness. You probably might have to talk to yourself and relieve that conversation on your own. Or if you get a chance to speak to the person, just sit down and have a chat with them, just face to face and try to figure out what they were experiencing. And if it's something that you can be there with them for, try to find a way that you can make that pain lighter. We're all walking through this, through this world with some level of pain in our lives and we cannot be so harsh to each other. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think forgiveness is definitely hard, especially when you are trying to heal and these lim limiting beliefs and traumas that you've experienced in your childhood have been with you for so long, like over 20 years, you know, and but I think it's important because as soon as you recognize, okay, these are the wounds and traumas that I have. And in order for me to heal, I need to forgive and I need to let it go. And like you mentioned, giving your parents grace. It took me, I'm just now realizing that now, like it took me a really long time to understand that my par my parents' own childhood is nothing compared to obviously what my childhood is in. You know, they had it rough, like going to being born like just being simply like born and raised like in nigeria during that time frame during that especially like during the biafran war and all of that and going to boarding school like i can't top that experience yeah. at all different, it, know. it's so it's just different going my dad always talks about like going to the river to fetch water and all this <laughs> other stuff and i'm just sitting here picturing like <laughs> just <laughs> you know just like 
wait, really? <laughs> you know, but it's just those things you just don't think about, but that's really what their experiences were. And I had, unfortunately, like, I didn't really get to meet my grandparents on my, on either side. I mean, I, I got to, I only got to meet my grandmothers on my, both parents' side. So I got to meet my grandma on my dad's side, and I got to meet my grandma on my mom's side. And my grandma on my mom's side, like, she's tough. Like, you don't play with her, you know? Like, I remember her visiting, and she slapped my hand because I was left-handed, and my mom had to be like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, here, they're okay to use their left hand. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, because back then, the belief was, and not just um, Nigerian culture, but any other cultures, too, they believe that if you use your left hand, it's, it's wicked, it's mm -hmm. not right, it's like all this other stuff, you know? Like, you're supposed to be right-handed, yeah. you know? But... Even then, like, just understanding now, like, that was when, and even opening up the conversation now as an adult, like, when your parents actually treat you as an adult and they respect you now, yeah. you can actually have these conversations and ask, ask them, what was your childhood like? What were the difficulties that you faced? And growing up, what I learned, my dad, I learned to forgive him because I learned from his younger brother that our, my grandpa treated my dad exactly how he was treating us. He made education the most important thing in their household. Their, they were pressured to succeed. My dad was the only person amongst his siblings that was sent to, sent to the U.S. to get an education. And back then, that was a big thing, to be the person in your family that your parents were sending overseas to get an education. And the expectation was for him to come back to Nigeria and carry on the family business. But my dad didn't want to do that. He wanted to pursue what he was passionate about, which was... He loved architecture. He liked community planning. He liked designing and drawing and all that stuff. So him diverting from his dad's vision or dream of his was hell for him. And so for us, it just made every once my uncle explained that, I was like, it just clicked. Sense. It clicked. And I'm just like, that makes exactly that makes so much sense. So it's like, OK, you know what, dad? I forgive, I forgive you. you. It's fine. You. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. And same thing for my mom, too. The fact that my grandma saw my hand, <laughs> I'll never forget that. But it just showed me how tough she was and how she will just, like, tell you, like, just nothing. And so that makes that makes sense why my mom is the way she is, why she's so feisty, why, and made sense why she talked to us the way she did growing up, all that criticism, all that, you know, t can't stand up for yourself can't express yourself if you try to talk back it's a backhanded slap you know all that stuff so quick you know no grace no nothing and so when i when she t was telling me that and hearing it from my older cousins that got to experience being in nigeria with my grandma it was they say the same things like oh no you don't mess with her you know and it's like it clicked that makes sense so much of it will make sense if you do a generational trace back it just is so crazy. My mom, my mom was not raised by her maternal mom. So I understood where some of her trauma came from. And she immediately, as she was of age, she had to quit school to take care of her adopted mom. So she automatically stepped into an adult role. And then she had kids. And then now she had more responsibility. And now it was being with... um trying to be the man and the, head, the woman of the house at the same time. So with me, I can, you saying that, like I knew it, but like it never got written in my mind. I am so much like my mother. <laughs> it's okay. We all oh in God. some shape or form will be just like our parents. No matter how hard you want to fight it, it's just oh some... Sub, it's in her subconscious. It is. I know I have a feet. I know I have her height. But I was just, with you saying that, it's just, because, again, with her having to be, like, put in the position of trying to be the disciplinarian, be the, 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 the keeper, be the soother, be the calmer, be in those two feminine, masculine roles, I can see how, like, looking at her and wanting to emulate her and be around her so much, how I adopted so much of that. Oh, I adopted so much of that. And for me, it's like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought for me, I was making her proud. And yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. And, you know, like you mentioned, like 
how we can practice forgiving during this season, especially when it comes to our family, it is going back and chasing and asking, having those open conversations with our parents, like where, how was your childhood like? What, you know, what was your upbringing? How was grandma? How was grandpa? Like both, both sides. And then you just sit back and let them just tell the story. And then you just take mental notes and just like, oh, that makes sense. And it's like, and it's just kind of such a relief because it's like, yes, it didn't give them an excuse to treat you like that. But again, like you mentioned, Chanel, like they're just operating from a space that they, they know and you can't, and you can't fault them for that. And so that's what I've been doing during this healing season. And so now knowing that and them, you know, given that they're still set in their ways and all that, like, transitioning now into as an adult like how can we also now create healthy boundaries with our family and letting them know and reminding them like hey you know I know this is how you were raised or I know this is how like what you've instilled in us growing up as a child but this is what I'm no longer taking back with me moving forward yeah that will be so important because again the whole conversation is about our relationship with family and how that's contributing to our own healing journey. Mm-hmm. How we have fallen apart mm-hmm. through our teenage adult life to where we are now contributed to how we were raised in all of that environment. You thought you were just operating from that because that's who you were, but when you peel back the pieces, you realize that there is a whole other, or there are multiple other layers that you were not thinking of Mm -hmm. so as those layers are being peeled back you can know how to set those boundaries because you'll know okay these are the triggers this is what i don't want to have happen Mm -hmm. and for me like we don't have a we don't have a strained relationship we have i we we talk like with my siblings that i still talk to or that still talk to me (laughs) and my We we have a good relationship, but with my dad, like sometimes just talking to him, maybe if I was back home, I probably would have been backhanded already. Oh. I'll be, I swear to God, like the times that I talk to him, I just talk so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, I want more. And I, I, and so funny when you say that, I'm like, I'm so much like my mom. This is how my mom would have been. Like she just wanted so much more from us and all of us. And it was almost like, guys, let's go do this. Let's go do this. Like this world is up and we are moving and we need to keep going. And these are the goals. Mm -hmm. And I need to know that my dad is my dad and I need to respect that line. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like I've stepped into the role with my dad of my mom with him and the adult for him. So let me be me. Let me be a daughter. Mm -hmm. Let me understand where... I don't cross certain lines into parenting my own parents Mm -hmm. and that just needs to fall with respecting him. Like you don't raise your voice on certain things. He let you know this and while you know it's going to be better advice as to what you provide, Mm -hmm. just let it go. When my um, sister decided to not speak with me, I don't know if she was thinking this was her setting her boundaries. It will be so hard for me to I love my family dearly like my family's everything to me and I cannot think of not having them in my life so with the conversational boundaries it is just so harsh in my mind that it's an entire cut off like if this is not working then I want it off if this part is not fitting well into my scope of life I'm not going to deal with it entirely. So I don't even know, to be honest, how to set those boundaries. I would tackle it when situations come up. A reminder for me might just be, how would you want to be treated in this situation? How would you want to be spoken to? And then use that as a way to kind of guide me. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think how why it's so important is because again you this is your time now to show your parents the that they raised you well and that they you are taking what beliefs and disciplines and lessons 
that they've instilled in you and values and morals and showing them that I hear you, I respect you, most importantly, as my mom and as my dad, but at the same time, this is where I draw the line and this is where I'm now becoming the person that I want to become. And I think there is a healthy way to do that respectfully, like you mentioned, like there is a way to again, just have that open communication with them would be really helpful. I know that I've done it several times. I mean, it, like you said, it may it may result in you, like, <laughs> pushing some buttons and nerves, but at the same time, like, I mean, at this point, it's just... And again, I know we're saying this, like, again, it is definitely much easier said than done. We want to recognize that there are sometimes certain family members that have just ultimately crossed a line that you do have to unfortunately cut off. For sure. As an adult, external, um, extended family, mm -hmm. if somebody were to, even now, I would 100% put my foot down. Absolutely. And it would not hurt entirely as much as it would to my closer, my siblings or my dad to... Um, let this person know you have, you are pushing some limits within that space that is making me very uncomfortable. And I would prefer if maybe this is the way you spoke to me. Mm -hmm. This is the way this was said. Mm -hmm. Maybe you ask me a question first before you make insinuations on my life. Mm -hmm. But we don't have all those interactions really. So it's, yeah. yeah. But I swear if I had a family member that was going to cross that limit at this adult stage in my life, they would, they would know that it's not cool. And most importantly too, for me, like I just value my peace of mind. Yes. It's oh, just yes. something right. that I'm not going to compromise on or sacrifice anything. So, and I've had those conversations with my parents, like, Hey, I'm an adult now, you know, and, and part of those steps look like me, you know, being now that I'm a full functioning adult, can have my own bills, can do all that, not letting them be so, because um, like you know, some immigrant parents can be very smothering, mm -hmm. and they want to know everything about your life. They want to know everything, and it's like, no, you don't need to know. Yeah. You know, like this is my business, this is my personal business, and the more that you slowly draw the line and you don't even have to say anything you could just it's just by your actions just by you not share oversharing just by you um just limiting how often you they are in your lives like um and just show and that's and being completely direct like i don't like the way you talk to me and if they have anything to say about it then it's like okay well then you don't you don't get the right to talk to me that way and i am no longer communicating or I'm going to limit communication right. if you continue to talk to me this way. Exactly. And that person, that family member needs to understand that you mean that well. Because I could definitely see how that can go sideways and somebody say, well, if you don't like how I'm speaking to you when I want what's best for you, then I'm not going to talk to you. And then it's, you don't intend to lose that relationship, of course, but you want that person to understand that you're crossing something that makes me as a person feel uncomfortable. But they are so caught up in the need to control the situation, to control the narrative, to be involved that they will feel like this is about them. But family, it's not about you entirely. It's about that person that is asking for their own identity to be heard and to be seen. And there's a healthy way to do that too. It doesn't involve, it doesn't have to involve you yelling and all that. There's a yeah. certain tone you have to have. And again, you only have to say it once or twice. And after that, if they keep, then just, it's just a lot, you can just say a lot more with less words yeah. by just your actions. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that going to be how you're soothing her <laughs> this week? <laughs> In many ways, yes. One of the things that you mentioned earlier I don't ever recall a time that I sat with my parents and I asked, especially my father. I know that I've asked here and there just questions, mm -hmm. but discovered what childhood was like, like what shaped his mm -hmm. identity as he is right now. So when we speak this weekend, I want to, I want to have a better conversation with him. I'm going to be more intentional to get to know him just let him know and he's clearly going to wonder he calls me sal or my princess Aww. he's like i'm like sal where is that coming from but like that 
we are, this is a conversation that we have in all podcasts and it just had me thinking that you and I, I don't really know you like that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm your daughter, but I want to better understand how your reactions towards me and how certain things have transpired throughout the course of our life and relationship, where it stemmed from. So I want to have a very deep, thoughtful conversation with my dad and doing some more introspection in, you know, my childhood traumas. This is not a place that I have felt comfortable going and talking about. And I don't know if it's defensively I have close up that box that compartment and try to not think about it but there are things because as i mentioned my younger sister has a different idea for step or yeah a whole different idea on how we were raised and what life was growing up in our household while for me it's it's not roses and rose petals but it was certainly brighter than how she saw it so I want to go back in that space if I can and just try to discover things that I might have shut out entirely that is hindering me in some way, shape or form right now. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, hon. That is very beautiful, you know. Um, I think how I'm going to be soothing her this week, talking about family, talking about diving into those childhood traumas. I don't know if a lot of you have, if you are in therapy as well when you have gone through trauma and even something that has helped me is if you've if you can look for someone that specializes in EMDR therapy that is very helpful and EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and is a form of therapy that is specifically for people that have experienced trauma and it teaches you to go back to those painful memories and it is not easy and it's true like we said the healing work is not easy if you really want to heal these things and get rid of yourself of all these like limiting beliefs and things that are just subconsciously holding you back you have to go back to that source and so that's exactly what EMDR does and it is helping you reprocess those memories so it takes away the sensitivity like sensitiveness of that the, the the stress level the impact of it and it shifts it to the more logical side of your brain so that way when you think back to that memory it's not so much pain anymore you think like okay yes that happened to me of course you agree that was painful but you understand and you've processed that, you know, and that's the type of therapy that I'm in right now. And that has been extremely helpful on all levels. And even going back to those childhood traumas, going back to those limiting beliefs and where those, where those have been stemming from. So I, my, my soothing her and how I'm soothing her is continuing that process and being really hardcore with it in my own personal like therapy sessions. And sharing that message with you all that are going through the same thing like please if you have experienced trauma if you really do want to get rid of all of those things that have been holding you back like please look into emdr therapy and find a special someone that specializes in that it is extremely helpful yeah. mm -hmm. i'm sending so much love to baby ashley yeah it's little like ash yeah she she went through it but baby you know what ash. she is we are soothing the little girl inside of each of us, and we are encouraging you all to do the same. Little girl or little boy, we want to be mindful that it's not everyone's listening, you know. But yes, please go back to those times. And it's, again, it's not easy, but the work has to be done. Yeah. If you want to heal, you have to do the work. It will be so beautiful because that little girl or that little boy is waiting for you to come and rescue them. I promise yeah. they are, they are waiting for you. So make sure you take the time and go back and find them. Mm -hmm. There is so much light and love that you are not sharing with the world because you have that block. She's, she's bursting, trying to burst free. He's trying to burst free. They just want to be a kid again. They want to live and shine through you. So that's what we're sending the message out to you all. And 
I know for those of you that are, are like this, you know, <laughs> it sounds so like childish and kiddish, but it's so true. You have no idea what the little girl, little boy inside of you, what she's reaching for, what she wants to tell you, why, why you're, you know, why are you hurting her more? Why are you hurting him more? You know, so. And again, just as Ashley said, you might be thinking, okay, what is this conversation about? You know, what is there to heal, etc.? But we can only speak about that is from our experience with having gone through it. So we know the realest of this works for sure. So we want you to think of how you're going to soothe him or her this week. Show your inner child some love. Show your adult self some love. And know that there is the two-dimensional person that resides inside of you. Again, thank you so much for listening on this episode. We love you all. Again, follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at soothingh.e.r. We are on Twitter, soothingher. And as we ask your question, please feel free to email us. We are soothingher at gmail.com. We would love to read how you're soothing her. Follow us on, on Spotify and Apple. Please leave us a comment subscribe as well and as we grow this community we hope that you continue to join us on this journey thank you so much until next episode until next episode bye, bye.